Hello everyone and welcome to Priority Status. I'm Emma and I'm based in our London office and today we are lucky enough to have the wonderful award-winning wellness guru Cornelius O'Shanassi on our podcast to talk about mental health and wellness in COVID times. Established in 2012, Cornelius is founder of Body My Hair, which offers bespoke retreats combining the best and highly personalized nutrition, effective movement, authentic meditation and exploratory spiritual teachings. With awards from the likes of Condonast Traveller and Tatler, this dedicated 360 approach to health, which integrates everything from the latest in genetic testing to emotional awareness and mindfulness, is truly regarded as pioneering and positioned Body Maya as a world leader. Cornelius has studied Eastern approaches to the mind for over 23 years and is one of only a handful of people to fully understand the therapeutic application of Eastern philosophy and meditation. Body Meyer itself has a huge global fan base, from Goop to A-listers like Kate Moss, and it's all down to the transformative knowledge that Cornelius gives his client, his deep insights into the human condition and a unique ability to help others find peace. So today we're going to talk about wellness and mental health coming out of lockdown and some of the issues in facing us within this new normal. In particular, we'll talk about what tips and tricks we can apply to our everyday life in order to help navigate through the storm of coming out of a turbulent pandemic time. Cornelius, thank you so much for joining us today on Priority Status. We are absolutely thrilled to have you on our podcast and we were really lucky as well to have you recently do a workshop for us, for the entire agency, on the subject of confidence and meditation. So it's wonderful to have you back with us. Uh, Thank you so much. No, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It's good to be back. So Cornelius, there couldn't really be a better the time to be having this conversation because of course this week is mental health awareness week and lockdown has greatly affected people's mental health and wellness overall for you with body my hair what have you found what have been the effects for lockdown on people's mental health that you've seen firsthand and it's quite profound actually the effect of the lockdown on people's health i think a lot of people underestimated just how much of an impact it would have first of all if you're kind of you think about your day, you're full of distractions, you're full of busyness, you know, it keeps your mind active. What we found in lockdown is that people had more time on their hands, which means all the kind of underlying issues and things that we can kind of run away from in our day-to-day lives when we're busy, we haven't been able to do that. So those things have come up, which is, of course, a good thing, but actually having such a, you know, an intense amount of time just in one space working from Zoom you're starting to see that people are having issues with depression. You're starting to see that people are actually overeating more. People are drinking more. Uh, they've got statistics now that are, that are kind of showing this kind of thing. People's confidence is being really impacted. So a lot of people that are kind of used to going to work and feeling quite confident at work are now going back into the world and starting to feel like they're not so confident anymore. And a lot of people are thinking there's something wrong with them because of this. And actually, it's just because their world has retracted so much within the lockdown. So I think being really conscious of the effect that lockdown has had an impact on all of us and to kind of, for both as an individual and also our employers, to just be aware that people may be needing a bit more support and just to go more gently with each other and with ourselves. Fantastic. No, I couldn't agree more. So then in terms of actionable tips and tricks, how would you suggest people can actually apply things to their everyday life? in order to strengthen, you know, mind, body and soul emerging from these COVID times? How can you, you know, really apply whether it's breath work or meditation to adjust to the new normal? I think where everyone has to kind of 
start is by looking at you know their diet by looking at what they're doing with their mind if they're experiencing anxiety and depression obviously to get some help for that and part of that being you know meditation yoga ways of relaxing ourselves and relaxing the mind and to really get your diet back in order often we don't realize how much alcohol and food are contribute towards our anxiety when we want to be going back into the world we want to be feeling good and we want to be feeling confident so just being aware of all of that kind of stuff and our employers obviously offering meditation offering workshops being more aware of what people need, I think is really really important I think in terms of kind of adjusting to the new normal really I guess in your mind it's about making sure that new normal isn't kind of you running around in a state of fear and not dealing with all the kind of confidence and issues that you've developed over lockdown. So really hit the ground running with a conscious focus. Brilliant. And then in terms of your clients, what are you finding that they're coming to you for needing most support with or most advice with? I know, for example, there have been situations where there's sort of been mixed reactions to things like the vaccines as well. Would you say it's, it's more on the, like the mental health side of things or is it more on kind of like physical wellness or is it spiritual even? Or is it all of those things? Is there anything that's kind of jumping out at you that with your, your clients that are coming to you and asking specifically for help with certain things or is it really a mixed bunch? It's a mixed bunch of everything people asking for help with and weight they've put on and conditions that have been worsened by the weight that they've been putting on. People that are looking for help with their mind. People that are looking for more meaning in life as well. People that want to kind of hit the ground running now. We've been locked down for a year. They want to change themselves. They want to change their lives. And they want to ensure that their lives are the kind of lives they want to be living. We've seen a, a lot of people reaching out and asking for help. And like I said, a lot of people thinking there's something wrong with them because they've had this kind of reaction to being you know, locked down for a long time. And like you say, we live in world now where there are a lot of unknowns with the vaccines the vaccines passports and all of this kind of stuff and i think it's yeah people all across the board both sides of arguments and politics and everything they, they all have their own concerns and everything like everyone's worried everyone's anxious and, and no one with that that kind of sense of security and stability that the world had is not there and what that means is is that we have to find that within ourselves more and more. If we don't have that, then we're going to find the world a more difficult place to live in. But if we start to live from our own ethics, live consciously from, from our own will, then we can thrive within this uh, new normal rather than kind of just cope or, or get through it. And how have you personally coped with everything surrounded COVID? You know, even on a day-to-day -day basis, what have been the main lessons that you've learned as coping mechanisms Obviously, meditation is a big part of Body Maya and, and what you do. Have you implemented anything to sort of even day-to-day -day schedule that you found has been really successful to sort of staying calm and improving mental health? Well, I mean, I too, I mean, I do all of this kind of stuff for my job. And, and actually, I too have found, you know, when I've been in lockdown, I've ate more, I've drunk more. I've, you know, one thing that hasn't impacted me, like most people, is the kind of, this kind of isolation and stuff. I've spent a lot of time, you know, being a meditator. Isolation is more of a gift to me than a curse. But yeah, certainly I found it challenging, especially from the work from it. Obviously, we run retreats. I mean, I, I've been uh, happy and at peace and, you know, you know, regardless of what's happening, really what the effect of this has had on me is that I've, now got a lot of people asking me for help and I've decided to change uh, the way I'm approaching things and the way I'm in teaching to make sure that we can help as many people as possible 
So things like looking into how we can provide discounted retreats, how we can provide different experiences for people that can't afford them but still need the help. This is now of real kind of high importance to me. I still obviously want to focus on these kind of wonderful, great paid retreats that we do in all these wonderful destinations. But I just feel like Body Maya has to become, you know, something more in order to meet people's needs. And, you know, it's, it's really topical you mentioned this because today on the news, they were just saying exactly that about um, doctors' consultations. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of controversy saying, you know, we understand that they have to be virtual in this time because of everything surrounding COVID. However, in-person interaction and really being able to see a doctor firsthand is so vital as well. So it's a sort of happy medium. And I imagine with Body Maya, like you mentioned, you still want to keep doing those fantastic retreats, but you also want to be able to reach out to people that need it. And so moving forward, do you think that virtual will still remain a part of the services that you offer? Yeah, I mean, what I plan on doing is kind of radically adjusting what I'm doing. It's kind of in, everything's kind of in the pipeline at the moment. But virtual will be a component of that. Also, with the lockdown, we've probably more have had 8 a.m. morning meditation available for anyone that wants it. And for those that have had that, they've Kind of very very different experience of lockdown so I, I want to look at expanding that but also looking at that kind of face-to-face contact which people do need and which we all miss and making sure that that's not just that body Maya are doing and not just providing that to people that can just afford it but that actually what we're starting to do is look at who can be helped and how we can create wonderful experiences for you know the elderly that are looking for some interaction for children that are looking for education or to spend time in nature this stuff is is becoming more and more important because it's this stuff that really matters. And I think that's what this whole kind of lockdowns made me do is, I mean, I always wanted to do good with what I was doing, but I, I think this has kind of put the accelerant on it. And now I'm just being a bit more conscious with how I'm moving forward. So the big P word, or kind of pivoting to move with the times yeah. as well. To give a relevant example of what's going on at the moment with you know, people returning to work, there's a lot of anxiety about that, whether it be because of commuting on public transport or really just for like social interaction and feeling that that's a huge leap after months being locked away. What sort of tips would you have for someone that feels really anxious about throwing themselves back into social situations, going back to the office? Are there any practical things that they can do. I imagine meditation is a big part of it, but also just really working with your psyche. Was it such a fascinating talk that you did for JPR the other day on the subject of confidence? So with things like returning to social situations and going back to an office environment, do you have any suggestions for coping with those things? The main thing always in how we deal with things is our view. It's our point of view. And, and it's the knowledge and wisdom we have about a situation. When that's not there, when we're ignorant of how our mind is working and how we're affected and what's affecting us, then we find things difficult. We find that we have developed suffering. What you can look at doing is understanding the situation you've been in and being wise enough and knowledgeable enough to know that you're going to feel anxious and unconfident. You remember when you were a kid and all of a sudden you start going to parties and it's like a complete, you forget what a nerve-wracking event is. Yeah. We've gone back to that. We've lost the familiarity with contact. So the biggest tip, really, the one that's going to be the, have the most impact is when you're going back to work, just realise you're going to feel anxious and you're going to feel not confident. But that with the repetition of going to meetings and seeing clients and doing whatever else you're doing, that this confidence will naturally come back. So just don't sweat all you need to do is just kind of get back to work, support yourself with kind of meditation, healthy eating, get your, make sure you're, as an employer you're helping and just to kind of bring an awareness of actually how you're feeling, you know? 
Yeah. Do you think there's an element of like fake it and to, to make it in a way? Hundred sort of, yeah. Like you're saying. Then it's like you're, you're again when you're the kid at the party, and you don't go around, you know, thinking, "Oh my god, I'm not." You kind of put a, "Yeah, yeah, it's all right." I'm, and, and I'm all for kind of listening and reacting to your feelings, but actually, in this situation, we've just got to accept that this is the way we feel at the moment, and everyone's feeling it, you know. So, on that train of thought, what do you think are some of the wellness trends for the rest of the year? What are things that are popping up that you've noticed might be interesting, unusual, and they don't necessarily have to be anything different, but you. You seeing a pattern for things across wellness and the mental health space? Yeah, people are crying out for kind of wellness experiences that, that just do have a more meaningful element and undertone to them. Whereas kind of what I was noticing kind of before COVID was people that were very, very interested in looking after their own health and, and looking after their retreats. Now I'm finding people that want to do more, that want to experience kind of deeper meaning to, to retreats. We've got far more people that are contacting us saying they kind of need inner peace and things like this this is the kind of thing we're looking at and if you only had five minutes to meditate every day what would be the most crucial things to cover in those five minutes so when you're meditating for five minutes I think just the most important thing is the repetition of the practice and and to get the the solidity of the practice so say you did kind of like a couple of hours of meditation every other week you will actually get far more from doing just three to five minutes at the beginning of the day. So I think making sure that you develop the discipline to be able to stick to the practice. When you feel like you don't want to meditate, still sit on the mat for five minutes so that your body and your mind start to know that for five minutes in the morning, whether I'm climbing the walls or meditating or checking my phone or whatever, I'm going to be sat on that mat. Then what you start to work on is actually what you're doing on that mat. And what we really want to do when we're doing meditation is not try and clear our thoughts at all, We just want to sit and just be still and just see what's arising. And what we then do is as things are arising, we start to just fall into this profound state of acceptance for what's arising. So the mind, we often say we want peace. And actually what we find is the mind is like waging war with everything. We've got all this resistance. We've got all these desires. Everything's got to conform to how we want. Otherwise, we're unhappy. And actually what we're doing here is creating stress and suffering rather than alleviating it. So what we're doing through the meditative practice is coming into this state of acceptance and surrender, training the mind to exist in a more peaceful way. And just five minutes in the morning, you can have a massive impact on your day. You've got all of these kind of conditioned thoughts and processes in your mind from throughout our whole lives. And we live in a really unconscious way. But if we meditate for five minutes and we get clear, then we live in a far more conscious way. So it's a, one of the best things you can start to do and stick to doing. So interesting. And I know as an agency, we've been trying to to factor in more meditation into our hectic everyday lives as well. On the subject of sort of more physical things, gut health and gut turbulence and triggers and and those side of things are a big part of what you address with Body Maya and your retreats and your consultations and advice. Over lockdown, there's been a real mixed bag. Some people are either newborn fitness fanatics or those have kind of stumped on the sofa and just eaten lots of takeaway. So I'm sure you have seen a lot of interesting cases with regards to sort of gut health and things like that coming out of COVID. Again, sort of the five minutes person's guide to how to have a healthy gut. What would be some of your tips there? My tips, obviously, I've got a great head of nutrition, Olga, that does the nutrition. But obviously, I know what we're offering, Body Maya. So I would suggest that the best tips that you have for gut health is regular meals, avoiding uh, sugar, alcohol, not smoking, keeping our meals regular and keeping our, our fiber up. 
So making sure we're getting a, a varied diet of all sorts of different colored vegetables, some fruits. Our diets aren't too finicky either. We want to try and keep our diet, like I said, with a variety of different foods. Eating some things like porridge in the morning, porridge oats has been shown to help rebalance the gut. Also be very mindful that when we're home in lockdown, eating loads of pizza and sugar and everything, it changes the bacteria in the gut. And actually that means that those bacteria will make us to crave pizza and chocolate and crisps more and more and more. So being aware of that, that there is this time period of time where you're saying they're kind of eating kale and your body's saying, I, I want a burger. You know, we all have that experience, yeah. don't we? And then after three weeks, you thought, why the hell did I ever eat so many burgers? Yeah. And it's because the, the, what your body's craving and the, the underlying ecology of the body's rapidly changing. So just being aware of that, I guess. But yeah, regular meal times. You, know, you can take a probiotic, include things like yogurt and kefir. And if you are suffering with gut issues, do speak to a doctor and also a nutritional therapist because nutritional therapists will often have a really detailed look from a nutritional perspective that a doctor won't always find. So often people go to the doctor, they think that's it. A doctor will focus on medical need where as a nutritionist will really focus on kind of nutrition, which is why we have so many people that come to us for gut issues and they find out something they've never known and it completely transforms the health of their gut because we're looking at it in this specific way. So interesting. So tell us what's on the cards for Body My Hair for the year ahead. I know we're coming out of lockdown, one of the levels on Monday when hotels can reopen very excitingly. And then in the UK, 21st of June is hopefully when everything is free for all and all, all the lockdowns lift. I know you're potentially doing a retreat at one of our fantastic clients, Twin Farms in Vermont, yeah. at some point this year, which is really exciting. Uh, what other things have you got in store for Body My Hair, or if not this year, but in the future at some point? We'd love to hear about those. Uh, just again, being able to do these retreats in, in in wonderful locations, being able to fly around and and take people on unusual experiences and unusual places. I think this is the something I, I love doing and something that I will carry on doing. I'm focusing a lot more on UK because there's uh, the travel restrictions and COVID and everything. Actually, the UK market's kind of lifting up. So I'm working with a hopefully soon to be launched uh, retreat in Berkshire. So this will be uh, something I'll be focusing on a lot. And of course, like I said, just really transforming Body Meyer into something that for me is more complete and more aligned with what I've always wanted to do, what people need. And I think just making sure it's that Body Meyer as well is it's an appropriate response to our times and really understands that actually retreats and space and meditation and well-being, it can make such a powerful difference in everyone's life. And if we can have these wonderful paid retreats, but also do these wonderful retreats for people that really, really need them. I think for me, this is my dream and hope. And I'm hoping that, you know, all the people that have joined us on Body Mara and seen the effect that it's had on their lives will want other people to have that. And they're going to help me. Do you have uh, guests that come, clients that come time and time again to your retreats, I imagine? Yeah, we have so many different clients that are coming time and time again and always saying we want to do more and we want to help. And half of the mind program on Body Mara is to do with, you know, obviously developing wisdom and compassion. And, you know, when people have been really affected by these programs and found their way through their own suffering, they do really genuinely feel a need to help. And I've got a lot of people that are saying, you know, what can we do? What can we do? And I kind of, you know, maybe go and ask this one and that one. And actually what I want to do now is provide those people with an opportunity to help. For me, it's also another layer of the Body Maya program. Compassion is so important. So, so important. It's what's missing in this world. And I want 
for the people that are involved in Body Maya, every aspect of it, to be part of this kind of compassionate solution. For me, that is so important in terms of wellness. It's not just about self-care, it's about other care, you know, and, and, and so really making sure that wellness is really well and that we're really delivering that to people is, is something that I'm going to be focusing on a lot. That's such a powerful message. And I think these healing holidays used to be seen a few years ago as something that was almost like a luxury, but now it's very much these healing experiences are a necessity to sort of get through life, aren't they? And what you're mentioning about giving back, again, that is, you know, been a huge theme that we've seen across the board with pandemic travel coming out of it. It's this regeneration where you kind of leave a place better than you found it in a mm-hmm. way. And it sounds like from what you're mentioning with your retreats as well it's like you say it's not just about self-healing it's also about improving the world overall isn't it and the days around you yeah exactly it's about giving back as well and about focusing on more than yourself and people used to think of these kind of healing holidays as an indulgence something that was a luxury and actually what I've found by working on these retreats in 10 years is that they change people's lives they really change people's lives they help people give the tools to live better lives to have healthier minds and healthier bodies and sometimes you feel and i'm not talking up you feel you've let save someone's life sometimes when they've just had their divorce they've just hit their grief or because they've lost their partner or whatever and they're coming to you to kind of and you spend 7 days just holding someone and having giving them support and giving them the space to change and focus on their health it it gives them such space and actually we all know when we things are too much that actually finding space is the real thing we need to gain clarity and to find help and yeah so it's just it's so important that that is accessible to more and more people and and for me as well my own journey I could have really done with you know somewhere where someone said look you can come for five days and just get yourself together you know and a reset exactly and I think yeah like you say I'm, I'm finding as well for those that are joining us on our paid retreats for them knowing that you know some of the the money that they're paying for their retreats is going towards these kind of experiences. And we don't plan on it being a kind of token donation to something. We're going to do this and we're going to make sure that every single penny that people are giving us is translated into life-changing programs for people that need it, elderly and children. Fantastic. So long COVID has been a huge thing that's popping up in the press and on the news, and it's obviously incredibly valid. I imagine you're seeing a lot of your clients coming to you with the effects of long COVID. From your point of view, how can people tackle it? And what are you seeing are the effects of long COVID? Well, we're seeing lots of people who kind of have these lingering symptoms, you know, that they're calling kind of long COVID. The approach that we're taking with them is to look at, you know, their biomarkers to see what the nutritional levels are. Are to see how their diet is. Often what we're finding is a lot of people with long COVID have low vitamin D. So often it's a question of bringing this up. Often people take a bit, some people that are even taking a vitamin D supplement, they're still low on vitamin D because they have a genetic predisposition to low vitamin D. So that's, that's something that's quite crucial. Then kind of correcting any kind of imbalances within the body. And just looking, what we're noticing with people with long COVID as well as a lot of them are complaining with stress and depression as well. So just making sure that we're removing the stress element because what stress can do is stop our body healing as well and cause more problems. And in terms of COVID in general, just getting people to remember that I think it's like 76, around 76% of people who uh, passed away or were hospitalized have, have, were overweight and, and around 80% of people were low in vitamin D. So if you're really worried about COVID, two of the best things that you can do is just you know, make sure your vitamin D is at the right kind of level, get your weight and your, um, your diet sorted. So yeah, so that's obviously uh, can help us prevent the more 
problematic aspects of COVID. And then long COVID, it's really looking at the same, but making sure that over a long period of time, we're really nurturing our body. You know, what we're finding is as well as with people with long COVID, if we're putting them on very, very supportive diets and giving them kind of meditation, that they're saying that the symptoms are being improved. So more of a, a fun, lighthearted question. When you can next jump on a plane, what will be your three bucket list destinations? And they don't have to be anything wildly exciting at this point because I think just going anywhere, <laughs> going anywhere is amazing. Um, but yeah, have you got some things? Yeah, I mean, because I know I, I can't travel, obviously India, I love India and going back to India, I find so inspiring. It's, uh, it's been a great healer for me, India. So just going back to India and wandering around, going to different places and heading up to Ladakh and maybe spending some time in the Himalayas. And then the Amazon, I always wanted to go there, but I just kind of didn't. And now all, the, all of a sudden, these things that I kind of didn't do, I'm thinking I quickly need to do that just in case. Yeah, yeah. And then the third and final, I'd like to find some kind of cabin in the middle of the woods in America somewhere and uh, have that kind of in the wild and just sit and meditate and just eat simple food and have some have some isolation funny enough <laughs> like, I was gonna say that's so interesting I'm sure for a lot of people that's the last thing they want to be in the middle of nowhere by themselves but I can definitely relate to that that's so peaceful well thank you so much Cornelius that's been absolutely fascinating um some really wonderful insights and takeaways and tips from today's podcast we cannot wait to hear about what's in store for Body My Hair Twin Farms in Vermont and you know watch the space for your future UK retreats as well thank you so much brilliant yeah we're looking forward to Twin Farms it'll be uh, it'll be fantastic it'll be nice just to get travelling again and get started with our retreats it's our first retreat Twin Farms so we'll be uh, it'll be exciting Ooh, exciting <laughs> brilliant thank you so much my pleasure all the best. Bye.